0: Jesus is all, all, over me. All, over me. all over Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Hashtag Morris Mondays. I'm your host, doctor James Morris, presiding elder of the Central Florida District, Christian Methodist Episcopal Church, and the pastor of Carter Tabernacle. CME Church here in Orlando, Florida. Glad you joined us today. I have something very important to share with you regarding this just ended legislative session, and in particular, one of the bills, what one of the bills does, which is HB1, and that's the bill that was designed as anti peaceful protest bill it's important that uh, i share this time with you i've talked about the bill before but today i need to tell you exactly what this bill does that was signed into law just a few days ago on april the 19th of 2021 This bill, my friends, broadens the definition of a riot. Many of the bill's provisions are applicable when a gathering is deemed a riot. It gives law enforcement broad discretion in applying these laws. And that's what's particularly disconcerting about this bill. By definition, the law states A person commits a riot, a riot, if he or she willfully participates in a violent public disturbance involving an assembly of, get this, three or more persons. Three or more people can be considered a riot if they're acting with a common intent to assist each other in violent and disorderly conduct, resulting in A, injury to another person, B, damage to property, or C, imminent danger of injury to another person or damage to property. So get this. It's unclear. What was signed into law is unclear whether the person needs to act with a common intent to commit violence or disorderly conduct with the group of three. It's unclear because it says whether the person needs to be violent or if it is enough that a gathering is violent or whether the person's actions need to result in injuries, property damage or imminent danger or such or if it is enough that the conduct of the group of three does. You see, because the law is unclear in these three respects, I'm concerned that law enforcement may adopt the broadest possible interpretation and thus interpret their authority, interpret their authority to arrest individuals extremely And broadly. You see, once a gathering is deemed a riot, it can be deemed an aggravated riot, carrying up to 15 years' imprisonment. If there are a total of 26 people, if the person causes great bodily harm to someone not participating, If the person causes more than $5,000 in property damage, if the person displays, uses, or threatens to use a deadly weapon, displays, this is a carry state. How do we read that into the process? If the person by force or threat of force endangers the safe movement of a vehicle on a public street, highway, or road. Any of those, with 26 or more people gathered together, can constitute your being in prison for 15 years. People can also be charged with inciting a riot if they willfully incite someone else to participate in what is deemed a riot. So if you encourage someone to go to a protest with you and it becomes a riot, they too will be arrested, charged slapped with a 15 year prison sentence once something is deemed a riot in this bill no bail is allowed until the first appearance and penalties are enhanced for assault and aggravated assault battery and aggravated battery mob intimidation Battery on a law enforcement officer. Burglary, theft, unlawful assembly. Friends, this is just too broad and gives too much authority to law enforcement. Then this bill has some new crimes attached to it. You heard me say a few minutes ago and kind of chuckle about it, mob intimidation. This is a new crime now. In the state of Florida. Even if something is not deemed a riot, did you hear me? Not deemed a riot, it could be deemed mob intimidation, which carries itself up to a year in jail. It reads, It is all lawful. It is unlawful for a person assembled with two or more other persons and acting with a common intent to use force or threaten to use imminent force to compel or induce or attempt to compel or induce another person to do, look at this now, or refrain from doing. (laughs) any act, or to assume, abandon, or maintain a particular viewpoint against his or her will. There is no definition of force, no definition of threatening to use imminent force, and that's because they are expecting law enforcement to interpret this very broadly. Mob intimidation from going to protest. Here's another new crime, doxing, D-O-X-I-N-G. Publishing someone's information online can now amount to a first degree misdemeanor called cyber intimidation by publication. Cyber intimidation by publication. Here's the way the law reads. It is unlawful for a person to electronically publish another person's personal identification information With the intent to or with the intent that a third party will use the information to, one, incite violence or commit a crime against the person or threaten or harass the person, placing such person in reasonable fear of bodily harm. Well, you say that sounds logical, reasonable. But if you happen to share with your colleagues in, let's say, whatever group you're in, that we're going to meet at Representative Jefferson's office located at 3232 College Hill Road in Orlando, Florida, 32805, and The telephone number to Congressman Johnson's office is 407-999-9999. You are committing cyber intention by publication. And you can be arrested and thrown in jail for announcing to your group that we're going to hold a rally at Congressman so-and-so's office in order to either support him or her, or either to get him or her not to vote for a bill your organization is against. Come on, be real. That's called cyber intimidation by publication. With the new law, it is. Something else this new law does, it protects monuments. The law now provides special protection to monuments, memorials, and historic objects. Now the terms memorial and historic property are very broad. Damages of more than $200 are penalized as a third degree felony punishable by up to five years in prison destruction or pulling down such an object is a second degree felony punishable by get this up to 15 years in prison so those statues and confederate monuments and memorials that are designed to remember the confederacy and slavery and all of the damage that went with that, they can't be bothered anymore. They can't be pulled down. They can't be removed. They can't be put in some storage place because they represent a time and a period in our history that is offensive to people of color. You can't bother them, and if you do, you're subject to go to jail for up to 15 years imprisonment. The bill does something else. I'm taking time because you you don't really realize what was in this bill. It protects those who harm protesters. Let me say it again to you. It protects those who harm folks who look like you and me who protest they are protected under this new law. It provides an affirmative defense in civil actions for personal injury and even wrongful death or property damage if the person harmed is shown to be a participant acting in furtherance of a riot. So if I go, And there are two or three others with me. And someone doesn't like my protest. They can kill me. And be protected. In civil action. That my family would bring against them. For killing me or injuring me. Huh? What this means, even further, is that if a person is harmed at a gathering and sues the person who harmed them, the person they sue can claim they should not be held responsible because I was rioting. The person sued would then have to show it was more likely than not. However slightly, the proof is that I was rioting. I may have just been on my way down the block and I stopped to see what the group was protesting. And if I get injured or I get killed, all the person who injures me or kills me has to do is prove that I was standing there watching the riot. And if they succeed, they would not have to pay any, any damages, even it was clear that they intentionally harmed me. Can you believe this? it erodes home rule that's the next thing it does it erodes harm rule the law gives the governor Ron disaster gives him veto power over police budgets so you know we were talking about dismantling police we weren't talking about doing away with police departments. We were talking about dismantling the way they do business, and that would include shuffling their funds in different ways. Well, if a city reduces the police department's budget for any reason, a member of its governing body, like the city council or the local state attorney, can appeal to the governor. The governor and his cabinet can then review the budget and amend or modify the budget as to each item within the operating budget of the police department. So no longer does Orlando City Council or the city council wherever you reside or the town council wherever you reside in the state of Florida They cannot touch the police budget. Have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous in your life? The city budget for police comes from my tax dollars and your tax dollars. And the legislature has put forth this law. The governor has signed it into law that the governor can change a city, a county, a municipality's budget if they touch or bother one dime of the police department's budget. The law goes further. It exposes local governments to unlimited damages, liability after any gathering deemed a riot. Let's hear this. This law establishes that municipalities have a duty to allow law enforcement to respond appropriately to protect persons and property during a riot or unlawful assembly based on the availability of adequate equipment to its law enforcement officers and relevant law. If the municipality breaches this duty, it is civilly liable for any damages proximately caused by the breach. The usual caps on damages do not apply. So that is to say that someone can sue the city who owns a business. And if that business was damaged, that business owner can sue the city. If because of a, a, of a protest, their business was destroyed, they can now sue the city. This bill takes measures unheard of and so what we need to do what you need to do is to protect yourself stay away from cars if you are protesting and do not block traffic if counter protesters arrive do not engage with them remain peaceful If any person threatens violence or becomes violent, regardless of whether you are involved, immediately retreat to avoid being unlawfully arrested and sent to prison for 15 years. While you're protesting, do not engage with police. If police threaten arrest or other use of force, If crowds do not disperse, you need to retreat to avoid being unlawfully arrested. And then you're still subject to be arrested if anybody identifies you as having been present. My friends, I have said it before and I'll say it to you again. This is why I say, Consequences emerge from elections. In other words, elections have consequences. Because we did not go to the polls and vote in the last midterm election, these are the kind of people who are in power in Tallahassee who are inducing these laws that are designed to deter protest and to put in jail or either allowed to be harmed or killed persons who look like you and i and are engaged and involved in the black lives matter movement we are going backwards as a state and as you heard i'm sure in the news this is not just the case in florida wherever Republican legislators and Republican governors are in charge, this is what's on the agenda. Elections have consequences. Now I'm grateful that some legal challenges have been made and more are continuing to be made. And I'm a part of one of those lawsuits against the state, but we don't know if we're going to win in court because the courts have been stacked against us with right-leaning state and appellate and federal judges. I can only hope that the judges will see this as it is, a power grab that's unconstitutional. We can't be sure that now, in this current climate, the way things are going, this current climate of moving back to white supremacy, this current climate that we are living in. Be vigilant. We need to vote these people out. The election is coming, and I'll be talking to you about it. These people have got to be run out of Tallahassee. We can do it if we band together. There's one other thing I want to share with you today. Tonight at 7 o'clock, there will be a virtual service, interfaith service, that the Poor People's Campaign of Florida, and more specifically The Central Florida Faith Committee of the Poor People's Campaign is sponsoring a virtual interfaith service of reflection, lament, and hope. In this interfaith service, people from across the state, faith leaders and leaders of other organizations are coming together to have this service because As we reflect upon laws like this one and others, like voting rights, and how they're suppressing the right people of color specifically to vote, we're going to be reflecting on these terrible draconian laws. We're going to lament about them. We're going to put them before God, whoever your God is, whatever God you serve, We're going to put these petitions before that God and pray for some divine intervention as we move forward into these legal challenges. And then we're going to hope for a better future for Florida. So it's a virtual interfaith service that's open to the public of reflection, lament, and hope tonight at 7 o'clock Via Zoom, here is the meeting ID, 854-9643-7487. I'm going to repeat it because it's important and I want you to be on. 854 7487. Seven. That's the meeting ID. The passcode, you'll need this 838243. Eight, Again, 838243. Eight, I'm going to be looking for you. Come and support us. Come in and raise your voice against what has happened in the Florida legislature. Tonight at 7 o'clock, invite your friends and your family. Chances are, your religious leader just may be on Zoom, too, because it is interfaith. There are Christians and Jews and Muslims and Sikhs. There are organizations like Faith in Florida, organizations like Social Justice and Human Concerns Committee. There are organizations that are going to be a part of this activity, representing the North, the South, and the East and the West of Florida. You'll want to join us. I hope you will tonight at seven o'clock. Well, I know I took a little time with you today, but these are important issues, issues that are going to adversely affect our lives, and I needed you to know just exactly what HB1 has done and is going to do to our state. That does it for this edition of Hashtag Morris Mondays. Thank you for joining us. And remember, heaven is watching how we respond. Let's let heaven see us responding to what happened in Tallahassee. And let's implore heaven to help us out. See you next time. You can listen to Hashtag Morris Mondays anytime via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and where other podcast outlets are available.